everybody and welcome to Pixel Politics Podcast, the podcast that brings together politics and video games in a unique, new and positive way. I have to admit, this podcast hasn't been as frequent as I wanted it to be. Um, I started doing about four episodes and I ended in about September, but luckily, I mean luckily, it's all come together and now we've got a brand new format where we're inviting special guests from the video game industry um, and the political sphere together to create a brand new podcast, which is going to be great, and hopefully you will all will enjoy it. Um, our first guest is Alex Sobel. Um, he's the MP for Leeds Northwest. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks a lot, Jack. I'm really excited to be here. It's a great idea bringing politics and, and video games together. Thank you so much. I mean, yeah, as a passion project of mine, um, you know, I love politics and I love video games. I can see that you've got the video games in the background. I see Red Dead there, you've got Overwatch. Do you play a lot of Overwatch? Because that's a difficult game. That's something that I why did we get involved in. I, I didn't I, I haven't got too deep into Overwatch. My twelve year old is is getting he's getting into it. He's moved on from Fortnite and is now on Overwatch. And I didn't get too deep into either Fortnite or Overwatch. <laughs> okay. See I play I play a bit of Fortnite myself, but um I wouldn't say I'm good at it. I think the young kids have got far better reflexes, you know, than I do. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, like, um, yeah, Overwatch is it's something that all the kids play. And do you get a lot of time to play with your, your kids or do you? you know, I, I used to play with them more. And I and I think our games, um, we've got a slight divergence in interest. But I play my young one. I play some RPGs. I like RPGs. So play yeah. RPG with them. Um, with the old one, I play a bit of Fall Guys. We both like Fall Guys. Fall Guys is so good. Yeah. So I play so many hours with my friends just trying to get the crowns you know but it, the problem with that game is that it creates so much tension between your friendship groups that you end up kind of like nearly breaking them apart you know i mean the other one is among us and we do that in wider family and friends groups and that's quite yeah. good you know everybody that's, likes among us don't they yeah and that's been like very political recently because of um aoc in the us uh where she is doing all of her um among us streams you know turning twitch into a political platform which is pretty cool um so yeah 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 hopefully hopefully i need a bit of help with that i think because um although i can play the game my my twitch game isn't 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 high maybe maybe aoc's got i think i'm not sure hers is. i think she's probably got people for that so i need some people for that so anybody's watching who wants to help me create a <laughs> twitch game then uh, then i'm here send me send me an email drop me a line yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping on like eventually to to get on the podcast, that would be amazing. Like the, the million views that she's got. Did you see the H Bomber guy um, Twitch uh, stream and um, when he was raising money for mermaids and she went on that? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. And I've got a friend um, and AOC went on her um, Animal Crossing Island. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh. I, don't have a, I don't have a Switch, so I don't play Animal Crossing. I feel that maybe I should. Maybe Animal Crossing is where I need to get to. Yeah, <laughs> I put the Switch there, you know, because it looks so good in the camera. Like, if I put a PS4 there, it's going to look a bit chunky, you know what I mean? And it's not going to be, not, not going to be as good. But, but who can get hold of one? I mean, that's a political issue. Scalping and PS5, I don't know whether an X, and the new Xbox, I don't know whether you want to get into that or not, but that's yeah. a political issue. I'd, I'd love to, definitely, you know, later on in the show, you know, because scalping is such a big issue and a lot of people frustrated about that. And, you know, hopefully as well, we can get some people on to talk about that and, because I know there was some, some work on that this week, actually. So yeah, happy to yep. that. Be really good. So Alex, um, 
just want to talk a bit about you to start off with. Um, you're an MP, so a member of parliament, um, and uh, you're also a shadow minister. So what does that all entail? You know, is if you could just tell the audience. Uh, yeah, means, means I'm very busy. <laughs> so being an MP, like the basic job of an MP is to represent your constituents, your geographic area, mine's Leeds Northwest. Um, so like, and it, it, Leeds Northwest is quite diverse anyway. So at the bottom, there's a lot of students who go to University of Leeds, Leeds Becky University. It goes all the way up to a market town called Otley at the top and another market town called Eden, where we have an airport, Leeds Bradford Airport. And so they're quite different groups of people and you need to represent all those people and all their concerns. So like this week with the students, I've been talking about rents, rent rebates and issues around progress, year to year progression because of, because of COVID and all of that. The other end, I've been talking about old, um, older people not getting their vaccinations mm -hmm. you know, or, or other issues relating to COVID and lockdown. It, and at the moment is a lot of COVID, you know, and that's like the best job of an MP. Shadow minister is like both in the government and in the opposition. You have people that, um, that, that, that effectively are spokespeople or in the government sense in charge of an area. So I'm Shadow Minister for Tourism and Heritage, and that's in the culture, media, and sports team. And that includes video games, although I do, I'm not in charge of video games, but um, I'm <laughs> other things um, around tourism, including event tourism, which maybe encroaches a little bit on esports. Um, mm -hmm. And my job there is to work with industry bodies, to work with individuals impacted, again, a lot of COVID, to, to raise their concerns to the government to create policies for the Labour Party around um, things like tourism, hospitality, museums, galleries, zoos, aquariums, all of that sort of thing, and, and try and get a result from them because they're all really struggling yeah. COVID. Like, you might have an animal crossing um, island. You've got to think about, like, you have to take a lot of care of your animals. Imagine being a zoo or an aquarium. Yeah. There's furlough. You've got to take yeah. care of your animals. There's a lot of staff that can't furlough. There's, there's, there's your first problem. Yeah, exactly. Can't furlough animals, and you can't furlough the staff looking after your animals. There's lots of those issues that I've, uh, I've got to deal with, um, and and you know, so there's that. That's two jobs already, and then yeah. chair of what are called all party groups, which is a lot again, sort of lobbying groups for MPs of different parties. So one of the things that I chair is the video games and esports mm -hmm. group. So it's all very busy, but this is a good because this is part of my part of my role doing things like this. Yeah, and I can imagine that's one of the highlights doing the variety of different aspects of your job. And I don't think a lot of people realise actually how politicians like yourself and MPs and shadow ministers or ministers or anyone who works in politics actually has a super broad job. And one of those um, commitments that you adhere to is attending like the surgeries for your constituents. Um, is that a weekly thing you do? And I guess it's because of COVID, it's something that you have to do online. It's, it's different now. So now what I do is um, every Saturday at two, yeah. I do a Facebook Live. Anybody wants to watch my Facebook Live? On, it's on my, um, my Alex Herbert MP Facebook page. Uh, <laughs> and, that, and people, obviously, there's, there's not interaction in, like this. Yeah. People uh, write their questions and their messages in the chat, and I respond to that, and I do an update on COVID every week. But also, um, yeah. I do individual surgery people have got individual difficult problems, whatever that is, whether it's housing needs, whether it's like really difficult subjects like sexual violence, yeah. um, whether whether it's issues around um, benefits or whatever it is, um, and I do them, you know, over Zoom mainly, um, one to one, on a Friday. So yeah, mm. so, so that's so that 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 every week as well. So do you get like a more of a uptake of people attending the 
the um, surgeries than normally because it's online and you know some yeah. people don't want to show themselves. You know, so the, 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 the Facebook Live effect in the place of what I used to do in a supermarket, Cisco supermarket. Um, actually, I did, I did two sessions every fortnight rather than one a week. Yeah. And people would just come just without an appointment and just come and chat to me. Obviously, I would chat in in an average session to maximum like thirty people. Facebook Live, we, we do we do a few hundred a week. So obviously that's great because a lot more people and then people can watch the recording as well. You know, which obviously for a surgery there's there's none of that. So it's more like it's a bit more like a news news it's like interactive news program rather than like a surgery. But the traditional surgeries actually, if anything, um, they're down a bit because because it's all online and email and and it's not you know ringing up and we're, we're tending to deal with things as they come in. Mm-hmm. And what we find is, is that the majority of issues you can try and resolve or get through um, without having a meeting. Because although that person might think that that problem, the, they're the only person who's ever had it, and it's very difficult to resolve. Yeah. From our point of view, you know, particularly now, like four years in, we've probably had loads of cases like that. We know who to speak to. We know how to resolve it. So it's better to just get this problem sorted than to come and have a meeting with me and to delay it. So some yeah. people, like we had one last week, which actually was about um, a technology-related issue. I won't go into you because you, you, you shouldn't. But um, that was so unusual. <laughs> it was like it was like it was like talking to somebody in um, a Jack Bauer film, you know. And that yeah. was that was fascinating. And those ones you have you have to. But yeah. It's like wow, that really you know that we have never had anything like that before. And we had to go and talk to an expert on cybersecurity afterwards and all that. Really, wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's just that sounds insane. You know, but I guess that look a bit like that, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but interesting as well, yeah. I guess like um, you know, it makes it you know doing it online. I guess in some as in some ways it makes it more efficient in terms of how many people you can talk to and how you divert your time. Yeah, I guess it obviously there's no travel time, so that's good. Yeah, yeah I'm still going to London every week there and back. Um, oh, okay, still um. I'm still speaking in, in debates and have to do certain committees which they haven't put on time. Um, yeah. But a lot of the stuff, other stuff, like I probably would actually on normal Friday struggle to do this, Jack, because this point on a Friday I'd be in the car coming back to my country, <laughs> so I wouldn't have this slot because I'd be driving. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. So this has helped things like this. Well, perfect, thank you. But you yeah, know, thank you so much for coming on because you must be incredibly busy. Um, Auntie Shadow Minister, we got the big guns on and one of the first shows. So there we go, you know, everybody. Um, so, yeah, so I, I wanted to bring you on today to talk about the all party parliamentary group that you've always just mentioned um, about video games and esports. And so I read that it seeks to promote sort of the economic and social contributions of the UK video game industry. What does that mean? So, I mean, video games are a really important part. Of the UK now, you know, part of the tech sector got a big growth in jobs, but it isn't just, te- it's actually not just technical jobs at all. You've got lots of acting jobs. You've got to think about the fact that all the theatres are shut. What other opportunities are there for acting? Mm-hmm. There's, still, there's still filming going on for TV and film, sure, but, but, but gaming's a big outlet for actors. But for artists and other creatives in terms of marketing, um, so there's a whole range of. Um, skills and and um and and employment opportunities apart from 
that the people that are, you know, even the people that are storyboarding and the people that are coding, you know, there's a whole load of opportunity. And so it is is really important for, for, you know, as part of the creative industries, video gaming, it's really important, as part of tech and as part of creative. And so um, it's about, it's about, it's about that that side, the job side and the and the career side, um, and and the growth of that and keeping that here. You know, I mean, one of the games that I love, actually, I love the most, is probably Witcher Three. That was made in Poland. That was that was yeah. no you know, no UK involvement there really at all. And we've got to actually think that you, I spoke to a tech company yesterday, and they're growing a studio in Poland. So we need to think about you know, I'm not saying the Poles shouldn't have jobs. Of course they should. That's a great game, and they created and all that. But we need ensure that we're growing our own domestic video games industry and we have you know more really successful you know video games you know i've got red dead behind me and you know grand theft auto and you know rockstar a huge british success story you know yeah. and we've got lots of those before that you know your idoses and your psychosis all that like going you know going back the generations of, of british video game uh, industry we're a real we're a real powerhouse at, and 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 we were a force right from the start right from the late 70s early 80s we were a force video games alongside the US and, the, and Japan um, and, and but then there's the other side it's also about the consumer side it's about people like you and me Jack who are playing the games mm-hmm. it's about um, looking at the well-being aspects but also maybe looking at some of the more more negative aspects as well and some of the dangers that are created you know for instance, in, in-game purchasing um, potential addiction issues there's a whole load of, of other things you know there's there's, there's the there's not, I don't think there's a very big dark side of the game, but there is a little bit, yeah. and it's also about 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 working on that. Definitely, because I, you know, a lot of people don't like to talk about it, but yeah, addiction is, in terms of in-game purchases and loot boxes, can be a problem for a lot of people. Um, and you know, even on these mobile games that kids play, you know, you hear stories of people's credit cards and parents' credit cards just getting spent out with huge debts. Yeah, um, and, it's yeah. and it's less of an issue, I think, with the big developers, you know, the big names. Um, uh, but a lot of the like, a lot of the mobile games, like the the barriers to entry for mobile, are much lower mm-hmm. than they are for um, than they are for um, consoles. And so you do get smaller developers, maybe not based in the UK, maybe not as scrupulous as some of our um, our home developers. We've got some great examples. Of developers who are um, who don't have any in-game purchase at all, you know, in the in the UK as well, and so you know we've got a whole range. You know that the loot box experience. So, do you know any information about GTA Six? Considering the fact you, I'm I'm, I'm afraid not. I'm afraid I'm not. Like you're gonna have somebody else on the podcast who's got all the inside. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> on the on the. I mean, I meet with Yuki fairly regularly mm-hmm. sometimes they'll drop they'll drop a little hint that, really? oh, yeah yeah if they wow. spoke to developer they might drop a little hint but it's not it's not for publication i probably would have to resign as the chair of the or APPG if i gave out commercially sensitive <laughs> information <laughs> so who is yuki is the, the uk entertainment yeah so they're, they're like the industry association for video game developers. okay and you work with them on the committee yeah so that they support your party group Okay, so like, what does like um, what does a meeting consist of? You just got sort of different stakeholders. You have got yourself and other politicians. In normal times, when we have in-person meetings, we've had some great events. So like, we we hired out um, what's called the Churchill Room, which is right by the Terrace House Commons, 
and we got lots of different hardware and software developers in and we had intel and they had this great setup with this um you know hydraulic chair with a vr setup you know utilizing obviously intel you know it's the chips so it's yeah. that, that uh, hardware back end um and, and you know so mps would come in and, and peers would come in and have a go and it was quite you know and, and then the other people showing off their games and we had um we had the university sports associations there telling us about what they were doing and it was like you know and that that's that's a, that's like a really good quality event because people can can come in and see um but an event normally would be about um would be somebody coming and presenting um around a particular aspect of the industry and we get we've got some sometimes we get some complete legends coming and presenting like we have um Paddy in Livingston mm-hmm. who's like the complete le- like he, he runs studios now but he he created the fighting fantasy books and he um and games workshop so he's like one of these industry legends you know in terms of um you know video games but also the traditional games wow that's incredible see for people think you know uh, at least in the video game industry that polit- polit- politics doesn't have any kind of you know positive impact and how can how could politics ever have a positive impact on the video game industry? And I think what you're saying just shows how it can, you know, just yeah. get people together. Well, I mean, the thing is, is um, every, every industry needs the state or government, every, every industry, because mm. you've got to think about it. I mean, you're sat at university, a lot, of, a lot of the industry, a lot of the skills come from graduates. Now, those, you know, universities are, well, they used to be entirely state-funded, and now they're, they're still partly state-funded. Um, and then you've got to think about all the infrastructure we use in this country and who pays for it. A, lo- a lot of that infrastructure is paid for by the state. And we have had state, in terms of edu- educational gaming, we have had state funding um, by the broad. The real genesis of the video games industry and the computer, home computer industry in this country was the BBC Micro uh, in, in the very early 1980s. And, you know, it wasn't BBC were heavily involved in this and acorn again both had obviously bbc is funded through through our license fee but acorn again was um funded was was partly state funded so you've 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 you know the genesis of our whole industry in this country was was put in there by the state obviously when things are mature they leave less support but um, you know so politics has got a real big influence and the other thing is is we've got um tax relief video games mm. Which, which also is one it attracts international you know your big you know the EAs Ubisoft in this world come and invest in the UK and have studios here um, because cause it, cause it, cause it lowers the, the, the cost base um, and also encourages talent because cause it, cause it gives you this tax relief. so again that's something that's something actually very important in your party group is, is around and, and, and there's lots of these creative tax reliefs actually and uh, all the all party groups that that deal with the different bit of creative all lobby for their bit of tax relief to continue and we'll probably all they'll probably all stand and fall together to be honest if it won't be like a pick and choose or either they'll all carry on or they'll all go but it's important for the games industry for the, the, the tax relief yeah definitely and um you know i read a report recently from your committee about how the video game industry is um helping to uh um helping with the pandemic and whether that's through um uh, giving games to key NHS workers or um, uh, having games display COVID guidance or messaging 
Is that something you've been promoting as as, a, as the chair of the committee? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what and some of the mobile games I'm playing um, are like um, and I won't go into again. But but they've <laughs> got the COVID videos. You know, they they do they do display the government COVID videos, and I know that's done through. Um, you know, a lot of that's done through goodwill. It's not it's not through commercial um, transaction. So so they, they are taking responsibility. Um, and um, also there's the whole, you know, because we're in isolation, there's a lack of human interaction. That, that a lot of human interaction now is being done through the, through the, particularly for younger people, through the prism of video games, you know. Um, and, um, and so people's well-being is being, you know, is dramatically increased. We've also increased in use of video games. Um, yeah. There is, you know, there is a video game for everybody. I haven't quite found a video game for my mum yet, but I'm sure it's somewhere. Me neither. Both <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but, but there, there is something for everybody. Um, you know, like my wife doesn't play games, but she plays Among Us. Yeah. But you recognise that as a game, you see. But that's fine. You know, that's fine. You know, it still, it still is. Um, so that's that's. I think that's really important in in the pandemic. Definitely. You know, I, I've written quite a few pieces about it on the website. Check it out, pixelpolitics.co.uk. Um, I've written a few pieces um, about how COVID and, and how video games actually improve people's well-being, mental state of mind. You know, if people on their own and they want to connect with their friends, it's a perfect way of doing that. And, you know, it's, it's seen the video game industry boom on another level when a lot of people thought that people would have less money, which is probably true. But at the same time, people want to put money into things that make them happy. And I think gaming, is, gaming the industry, has boomed because of that significantly. Now, is that something you think too? Is it seen growth during COVID? I mean, um, unfortunately, in my shadow brief, I've speak to lots of different industries and they're all struggling, yeah. you know, because they're based on visitor, vis- physical visitor economy. Yeah. Mm. Um, but when, you, when I'm in my APPG role, and I speak to people in the video games industry, they're recruiting. They're doing well. That that they they are pretty much able to get to get their product out when it should come out. I mean, I mean, one of the other issues actually that, that I'm quite passionate about is is ending the the use of the crunch at the end of the the, the development cycle because it is because it burns burns people in the industry out. They leave the industry and it is just just bad practice and um, had an issue with recently with Cyberpunk. Yeah, bought, which definitely I want to play because um, that looks like a great game. That's done by the people that did The Witcher Three as well. So, uh, uh, but but they 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 crunched they crunched some of their staff and they said they wouldn't, and that sort of thing that we need to get out that that you know that wait a bit longer. The people wait such a long time, you know, to make sure the staff are treated properly. So yeah, crunch is a huge problem, a huge problem within the industry. And there needs to be a better standards in place in order to help people in their well-being because these developers work so hard to get these games out, especially Cyberpunk is such a big game and so much money is invested into it. And I guess that's something that as a as a politician, you can try and, you know, lobby the government in tr- to try to enforce new legislation. I mean, the, I mean, if we're honest about it, it's a little bit like the film industry. That there, there is some history of big games which have had a huge um, investment cost, not being finished, and effectively they've run out of cash in the studio, and then that has bankrupted the studio. So, and usually, what happens is 
sometimes games never appear and that that happened a bit more in the 90s than it does now um but more usually that the, they would just sell sell the game or sell the, the whole studio to somebody bigger who would then just finish it off and get all the money from this game that some smaller developers been spending years developing and it's the only game they've got and it's taken up all of their you know cash and invested in all the rest of it so um so i do have you know and those those are problems you need to iron out absolutely definitely um i want to finally ask you about uh the esports industry and so i think i've read that currently it takes up about eight percent of the world's global market in esports yeah, um, and that's quite a sizable chunk considering the US takes up forty percent, and the UK economy is large, but still, in terms of like high-end entertainment yeah. equivalents, like you know WWE or something like that, it's the UK doesn't really have a presence there. Uh, is it something that you're looking to grow significantly, and you see large yeah. potential? Absolutely, I think it's a bit different to WWE or some other some other parts of the entertainment industry that 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 there are there aren't that many countries. Um, where esports has a presence compared to other parts of Asia, mm-hmm. so eight percent probably is reasonable. But so, but you look at some other countries and their events. So going back to Poland, for instance, they I'm not sure what percentage of the market they have, but they have they have some really large events, and they are definitely in terms of their population punching above their weight. Mm-hmm. And again, in, as usual in the in the Far East, in in East Asia, you know these sort of things, they definitely definitely um a punch above the weight but um what i'd like like i live in leeds and we don't have a big esports event and we're working on that now um i went to esl1 in birmingham it was a great event but we need to grow that out into all our major um, urban centers we all have great arenas and other venues which are great for esports different sizes and different shapes and different sorts of events um and i think i'd like to see you know a major esports event in in, in each region of the country i think that's mm-hmm. how we there's a national audience and a regional audience um, and, and I think that they're also a way of, of interacting and um, socialising video games so I think it's great. Definitely I think you know it's the new medium it's a new sport that can grow the industry and I think and I do think a lot of people overlook it you know I, people see video games sometimes and think oh that's something that you just do in your spare time but no there's there's proper money behind it and there's people who are very good at it yeah, and yeah. it's a real opportunity for the UK economy, I guess. And and for hardware and software manufacturers, it's a real opportunity to showcase their hardware and their software. You know, again, Definitely. like Intel, you know, very invested in esports. Definitely. And talking about hardware, you know, the scalpers, like we mentioned earlier, that's a big problem. That's a bit, I, I still haven't got PS Five because every time, and I've got this, I've got this um, website, stock checker website. The I've only got the same one. <laughs> Places that are ever selling them to resale sites at much higher cost, which I'm I'm not prepared to fuel that. It's a bit like buying a, a touted ticket uh, to a gig, um, and and these scalpers who sort of scrape sites and buy up all the stock, you know, utilizing click and collect whatever. So 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 they've found ways around, you know, big um, manufacturers blocking it. What I'd say to the you know to the big retailers, sorry, retailers not manufacturers, is that they that they need to get clever on this and they've got to remember their real customers are people like you and me who are going to go in there and buy the PS5, then they're going to buy peripherals, then they're going to buy games, then they're going to buy other consumer electronics. It's not the scalpers who are buying that product and reselling it. That's not their customer. We're their customer. and They need to protect us. Otherwise, we're going to walk, you know, with our feet. We'll end up, we'll either end up buying this product a long way down the line 
which is going to hurt it's going to hurt Sony and PlayStation and the retailer eventually because who's going to be buying the peripherals and the games and all the rest of it um or 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 some or somebody's going to get ahead of the game and that and they're going to get they're going to get the market aren't they you know so yeah, it's yeah. It, it's it, it, you know really the responsibility really is on on the retailers but I am I'm starting to push government I put a question in last week and uh, and and I'd like to see some some consumer protection on this which which have started to talk about it as well which is great that's a great ally to have on this yeah there needs to be definite change in in the whole area because it's very frustrating for a lot of people you know yeah. um, I, I think um the start of february you might have a chance to get a ps5 apparently that's what i've heard <laughs> yeah so. i mean the thing is surprised if sony wants the market then the scalpers then what's the point because then yeah. and then hopefully that'll do them in because that everybody's waiting but if you're watching this don't don't buy it don't buy it from the site where scalpers sold it wait be patient yeah. only ps4 um and then hopefully when sony release a lot more they'll have all they'll lo- all lose their money they'll have all bought them at retail nobody's prepared to pay over retail because there'll be a supply yeah exactly and and COVID doesn't help with the manufacturing and uh, supply chains and everything damaging their their chains and not allowing you know, PS5 stock out there. So it's just been a, a perfect COVID. storm. We've got the double, we've got the double whammy of COVID and Brexit, but I don't yes. want to start. No, we, we won't That's... talk about Brexit on the podcast. <laughs> Golden rule. But yeah, <laughs> yeah there, are re- there are reasons. And hopefully Sony will be able to upscale manufacturing and, and, and we'll get our fair share of PS5s and, and, you know, we'll be able to all buy one at retail. <laughs> I hope so. Fingers crossed. Well, Alex, thank you for joining me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. It's been really nice. Um, you're my first guest, so you know it's um, hopefully we can grow the platform and show, like you've shown, how politics and video games can you know intertwine in a positive way because they can. They really can. So, thank, thank you for joining. Good luck with it, Jack, and I hope to see the hope to see the show grow. In, thank in you. The Brilliant. I hope thank so. You. I'll give you a follow. <laughs>